this is Legends. I'm Sam. I'm Amy. And we are a podcast about cryptids, urban legends, and the paranormal. Yeah, we are. I'm going to tell you about the new book I'm reading. Please do. Um. Well, your sister told me to read it. No. And I'm glad I did. She didn't tell you to read it. She forced you to read it. She bought it for you for Christmas so that you could absolutely positively not say no to her. <laughs> True. But I had I had agreed to read it before <laughs> she sent me the books. <laughs> I'm actually really glad that I sent you the fact that I was going to buy the books that one day. Because yeah. then I would have had two sets of them. Yep. <laughs> it's really good. It's a court of rose and... Wait. A Court of Thorns and Roses or A Court of Roses and Thorns? I think it's Thorns and Roses. Yeah, I think so, too. (laughs) I don't know why, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. But it's really, really, really good. And I read through the first book in three days. And now I'm on to the second book. And it's super good. And I want to tell you things, but Lindsay also wants you to read it. And I don't want to spoil it. It is on my to-read list. It's just a little ways off in the future. It's really, really good. It's right up my alley for books that I like to read. That's good. I heard that it gets spicier the more it goes. That's all I know. I Yeah, it does. Well, actually, I don't know because I haven't really gotten to any more spicier parts in the second book. But <laughs> did you just see on? no i'm just playing with the vase so amy and i are recording with avatars on zoom (laughs) i'm a fox and she's a raccoon and it's not very good with the facial i don't know how would you say that it's not like the iphones uh emoji things where they get the like facial movements well but it's it's okay it's really fun to play with still it is really fun to play with but she keeps doing stuff with her face that i'm not exactly sure what she's doing (laughs) and it looked like she was yawning (laughs) for a second but i guess she was not anyway you can go ahead and talk about the book if you wanted well i just think that everybody should read it well especially if you like um fantasy books or fantasy romance books like i do it's real good. Oh, what I was saying, though, is that in my book journal, I only rated it a two on the spicy scale. Cause Lindsay, I saw that. The first Yeah, because Lindsay said that the spicy rating goes up. And it was actually, compared to some of the books that I read, it, it is pretty tame. Well, that's good. Um, I don't really read spicy books because I like scary shit more. Okay, so if you like scary stuff, and I'm legit recommending this book, so you better put it on your list like 10 years from now. But if you like scary books and you like romance novels, or if you're open to romance novels, you should totally read the Experiment in Terror series. That's my favorite. And actually, I'm going to recommend it to Lindsay. I don't know if she likes horror stuff, but... It's really freaking good. I don't know if she likes horror either. I don't really think so. I mean, she's read Koontz, and I don't think she's ever read a Stephen King. Maybe? I don't know. She she likes more of, like, 
fantasy and lately she's been really into like you know books based off of greek mythology and norse mythology and that sort of thing but she also you know likes the young adult books i mean we both do because they're easy reads and you get a pretty decent story out of them yeah i like young adults too we like death it doesn't have to be scary death, but we always like when someone dies. I don't, we're really messed up. What if there's like a bunch of ghosts? Because that's what this book is. There's lots of ghosts. The main character sees ghosts and demons. I mean, probably. I don't know. It's really freaking good. It's my favorite. Honestly, I don't even think I really read any ghost stories. Most of the books I read are. Like more real life, but not. <laughs> and I am such the opposite. I don't want anything to do with real life. Well, I just like knowing, you know, other people's fucked up stories, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> there was one book I read about a 13 year old girl that like does meth and sneaks out of her house and does all sorts of bad stuff on a golf mini golf field thing i don't know it was it was bad i was like holy crap what was the point um just to tell the story about how fucked up 13 year olds can be that's not exciting i don't want to hear that (laughs) (laughs) well i guess we could talk about a more exciting story then okay let's hear it (laughs) So for this, our 63rd episode of our podcast, Damn. we're going to talk about the 2018's U.S. Today's 10 Best Reader's Choice Number 1 Most Haunted Hotel. Wow, that was quite a sentence. Yeah, it was a mouthful. But before I tell you what it is... I would like for you to know that number two on the most haunted list was the Crescent Hotel. Oh, nice. I'm not sure if you remember the madness of that place and the I do. maniacal fake cancer curing doctor that is Norman Baker. <laughs> yep, I do. Yeah. Also, number six was the Stanley Hotel. It's number six? Yep. Surprising. On that list, it was number six, which if people don't remember, that is where a area in Colorado actually did cure some tuberculosis. Yep. <laughs> they tried. Mountain air. Yeah. Hey, he got better. He, he did. And then he I built don't know how many. Yeah, probably How not many, many others, others did. Yeah. <laughs> so now we have the number one. Most haunted, the Mitzpah Hotel in Tonopa, Nevada. I have never heard of that in my life. Cool. So, Miss Great Predictor of Ghosts, who haunts this hotel? Uh, Mitzpah. No. (laughs) (laughs) A lady in white, a lady in red. Mm Hmm. Okay. So that's, that's my guess. That's that's like the only thing you guess anymore. 
Yeah, because that's who it always is. <laughs> well, I guess. Or a serial killer. Oh, that's... Or a victim of a serial killer. Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's not really cool. You know what I mean. Yes, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tonopa is a mining town in Nevada. According to Google, it's 211 miles northwest of Las Vegas. The town's big claim to fame was its silver mines. They did also mine some gold and lead, but not nearly as much as they did silver. In oh. fact, the hotel got its name from a big silver mine in the area, the Mitzpah Mine. Where'd the name Mitzpah come from? It's apparently a super Jewish name. Okay. And I saw and mention somewhere that it might have came from a Bible verse. Interesting. Yeah. Tiffany and Company also has mines in the area where they get some of their turquoise. I didn't know that they dealt in turquoise. Yeah. They used to be really into turquoise and stained glass. Yeah, I knew the stained glass yeah. for sure. That's like supposedly, or at least that's what I've been told is the turquoise and the stained glass was where they like got their name and then they evolved into the fancy diamond jewelry. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The town of Tonopa suffered a tragedy in 1911 when a fire started in one of the local mines and killed 17 workers with its toxic fumes. Yikes. Also, can I change my guess now to minors? Oh, you mean like under 18? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's just a bunch of under 18 ghosts at the hotel. (laughs) Okay, okay, yeah, that'll work. (laughs) (laughs) In 1907, there was a saloon a grill, and a bank that were all kind of touching each other. And they got an upgrade. A bunch of big wigs, you know, like political types and mining tycoons. Mm. They came together to build one of the first luxury hotels in Nevada. Oh, nice. They spent 200000 on the mitzvah. Today, that would be around $6 million. Holy crap, that is a lot of money. Yeah. For a period of time, the Mitzpah was the tallest building in Nevada. Oh, wow. It's their own little Empire State Building. Yeah. How many floors is it? Five. <laughs> These have... <laughs> Just five. <laughs> five. Yeah. That's it's a real big. <laughs> Super huge building. Yep. It featured solid granite walls, leaded glass windows, hot and cold running water, which is a big selling point, and an electric elevator that is still used today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, it had lead in the windows? Leaded windows. I'm pretty sure that means that they're just like stained glass without the stain. You know, like they have the, the soldering bits together. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm just going to Google that real quick, make sure I'm not lying. Yeah. That is what it looks like on Google. You're a smart cookie man. Hell yeah. So anyway, (laughs) their grand opening was November 17th, 1908. 
and they instantly became the social hangout for the region. I am not a Western movie fan at all. They bore the crap out of me usually. Yeah, same. (laughs) However, there are two I will never pass up. Young Guns, which is one of Sam and I's many things. Yeah, I totally was like, wait a second. I love Young Guns. Does that count? (laughs) And Wyatt Earp. More than likely, it's because when I was younger, I had a thing for Kevin Costner. But the fact that Wyatt Earp was a real person was super cool to me, even if most of the stories about him are quite embellished and half of them probably never even happened. Like... I only know who that is, by the way, from Fievel Goes West. Aw, Fievel. Does that count as a Western? I don't know. Should it? I feel like it. The cat says that he's Wyatt Earp. Oh. Uh, I'm not going to count it as a Western because it has a funny fat cat. Most Westerns don't. Okay. I'll I'll go with that then. Okay. So it is said that for a bit of time, Wyatt Earp was... Just making his way west and looking for gold, and along the way, he took up residency at the mitzvah for a bit. Other other sources say that he ran the saloon that was in place before the hotel was built, or the bar in the hotel. Either way, he is linked to Jack Dempsey. Do you know who that is? Mm, Nope. He is a super famous boxer. From 1919 to 1926. Just kidding. I do know who that is. You know how I know who that is? I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) I know who that is because there's a statue of him in Manasseh in the valley. And he is related to my friend Shani. That's very interesting. I was like, that name does sound familiar, but then I wasn't sure if he was from that far back oh yeah he old (laughs) i'm pretty sure hold on can you just pause really quick just so i can (laughs) yeah google and make sure that's yep jack dempsey the manassa mauler manassa's the town uh right next to where the town shanty lives in they're like five minutes apart and uh there's a statue of him and shanty's related to him interesting well he made his way over to Nevada, and then um, eventually, I guess, he went to California or something like that. But the story goes that Jack got his start bare-knuckle boxing around Tanopa, and he might have either been the bouncer for Wyatt's saloon or Wyatt was his manager for a time. Interesting. The hotel has a formal dining room named after Jack, and the bar is named after Wyatt. Wyatt and Jack. Yeah. In 1945, gambling got big at the hotel. They had a roulette wheel, craps, blackjack table, and 80 slot machines. That doesn't... That seems like a lot, but going to Las Vegas now, it doesn't seem like a lot. It's a lot for an itty-bitty mining town. True. That does seem like a lot. Yeah. And why did they name it Craps? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe because you dump all your money into it. 
Because every time you lose, you're like, crap. That too. <laughs> <laughs> In 1979, Frank Scott bought the hotel and put $4 million into remodeling and updating the hotel. Today, that would be around $17 million. Holy shit. What was wrong with it? It was just run down, I guess. I really hope that the figures are off, though, because the updates took two and a half years, and it sounds like they didn't really help revive the place. That would suck. Yeah. Bill Allison bought the hotel in 1984, but struggled to keep it afloat. In 1997, he did an article with the Los Angeles Times announcing their comeback and how they were trying to run it as like a mom and pop sort of place. But sadly, two years later, the hotel closed its doors. For good? Well, in 2011, the owner was trying to sell the hotel for $1.6 million. Unfortunately for them, the housing market had just crashed and no one was interested in buying a hotel in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. A lady by the name of Nancy Klein had some connections to the area and her and her husband were known for their business ventures into revitalizing old buildings into wonderful hotels. Through a series of events, they ended up purchasing the mitzvah for 200000 Holy shit, that is so much less. It is a whopping $1.4 below asking price. Oh my god. Yeah, that would hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would. After taking possession, they renovated the place in nine months... They used as many of the original fixtures as they could, added new heating and air, slapped on a bit of paint, and reopened it later that year. It has been thriving ever since. Interesting. Why, when somebody spent, like, a bajillion dollars renovating it, did it fall? Or not fall, but I mean not work out. I think it just has to do with, like, the times and advertising. I mean... It sounded like the town, a lot of the mines had closed down, so people were moving out. The population is already really low in that town, and, like, the only way people were really going there was when they drove through to get from Reno to Vegas or Vegas to Reno. Okay. So, I think it was kind of all luck, but I also think a big part of it is advertising and... We will talk a bit more about my feelings on that later. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So are you ready for the spooky bits? Yes, let's hear it. Now, there are a few different ghosty friends that take up residence in the hotel. There is a nameless soldier who reportedly died in the hotel that roams the halls on the third and fourth floor. Not sure how he would be nameless if he died in the hotel. I feel like that would have been well documented. And also, soldiers usually have their name on them in multiple spots. (laughs) Right. There are some kids on the third floor that like to play pranks. And towards the end of the evening, when everyone is getting ready for bed, they play, giggle, and just make a bunch of noise in the hallway. Yep. 
Many people have reported that they poked their heads out to yell at them, but didn't find anyone in the hallway. Or they call down to the front desk to complain, but then get told there are no children in the hotel that night. Spooky. Ghost kids are always the scariest. Ghost kids sound like they're the most annoying things in the world. (laughs) I feel like that's any kid, too. Yeah, but I mean... If there was actually a kid in the hallway, you could, like, go yell at them and scare the crap out of them or just shove them in a closet or something. But ghost kids, you can't do that. No, ghost kids will shove you in the closet instead. (laughs) (laughs) Then we get to the real famous ones. Reportedly, there are two miners found dead in a tunnel under the hotel. When the hotel was built, they kept the original bank safe and used it for keeping valuables of guests and the local mining companies. Supposedly, the two miners had used some of the mining tunnels that ran under the buildings and decided to burglarize the the vault. I almost called it a safe. It's a little bigger than a safe. I was going to say, is there a difference between a vault and a safe? Yeah. Safes are like those little things we break into on a uh, fallout. fallout. <laughs> and uh, vaults are those really big things that banks have. <laughs> gotcha. Speaking of knowing the difference between things, during my insurance test, I found out what the difference between burglary and robbery is. Robbery is with the intent to harm? Yeah. No. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Robber- robbery is when you threaten violence or uh, punch people to steal their belongings off of them. And burglarizing is when you uh, go into a building or residence and steal stuff and leave evidence of you walking out of the building, like breaking a window or something. Okay. Yeah. Look at that. Mm, all these years listening to true crime. <laughs> I actually know things. And I had to take a test about it. <laughs> <laughs> when the miners' bodies were found, the missing items were not on them. So it is suspected they were double-crossed. Uh-oh. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry for boring you. Jeez. <laughs> Couldn't hold that one in. <laughs> It's it's not boring, I swear. I don't know what it is, but sitting, like, when we do the podcast every single time, if I'm not the one talking, I'm like, (sighs) like, every two seconds. Okay, sorry. Okay. Calm down over there. That is the most popular version of their story. Uh, We will talk about it again when we get into the investigations I watched, but there are a couple other ideas that are floating around about them as well, such as them just being victims of a cave-in or explosion. Ooh. Yep. That would suck. Do they have any theories on who would have double-crossed them? No, just like someone that was helping them or someone that hired them. They don't... Gotcha. They don't even have names, so... They don't even have names. It's it's not a story that I put full faith in really happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. So now we come to Senator Key Pittman. There are a lot of rumors about this guy. 
The one that links him to the hotel is that on the eve of his re-election in 1940, he had a heart attack while staying at the Mitzpah Hotel. Not wanting to report his death till after the election, they put him in a bathtub and filled it with ice. I would like to note there was no kidney thievery involved. I was just going to ask. And also, that's kind of shady. What, do you want him to win and then he can't even... Supposedly, if he died beforehand, then the opponent would have won. So, like, it, I, I didn't look and see if he was Republican or Democrat, but the opposite would have won. So, if he died after he took office, then they could appoint someone to take his place. So, like, Man, it, it would stay in the party. Yeah. Full of shit. Yeah, they are. <laughs> So I don't believe this rumor. I found other sources that said he was a heavy alcoholic and even had gotten to the point where he peed himself while in, on stage in front of an audience one time. Oh, no. Towards the end of his campaign, he was getting pretty weak. So his campaign manager wanted him to stay out of the public and try to rest up. After a very heavy night of drinking, he was found unresponsive in his room at the Riverside Hotel in Reno. He was taken to the hospital where they said he had suffered a major heart attack. Five days later, after the election, his heart finally gave out and he passed away in Reno, not Tonopa. Hmm. Wonder why they think it's Tanopa. Just probably to bring more interest to the town. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And last but not least, we have a lady in red. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, girl. I found an article in the Las Vegas Review Journal where the author had posted the hotel's version of their story. So this is me quoting the article, quoting the hotel. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Her call name was Rose. Her real name was Evelyn Mae Johnston. She was born in Baltimore in 1879 and died on January 2nd, 1914. She was a prostitute, bad word, working at the mitzvah and keeping steady company with a gambler who possessed a volatile temperament. When said gentleman returned unexpectedly to her room to find her in the company of a customer, he flew into a rage and chased her into the hallway, either stabbing or strangling her to death. Her spirit is said to haunt her room, various other rooms, and the fifth floor hallway. Rose is a fitting name for a lady in red. Yeah, it is. When was the article written? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Sometime after 2011. Okay, well, we use the term sex worker now article. Yeah, we do. But, I mean, they were quoting the hotel, so it's shame on the hotel. Well hotel person (laughs) i did some googling on like her full name 
and those dates, and I couldn't see anything that popped up. So I can't say for certain that she really existed or not. But at least they had our first and last name. Yeah, but they they did have a lot of info. But, you know, I read books that have a lot of info, so. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Yep. There are many different versions of the story. You know, she was just strangled. She was stabbed a whole bunch. There was a unique variation that I had seen where she was decapitated. Wow. Awesome. There was also a version about a woman caught cheating by her husband who proceeded to beat her to death. Oh, my God. Yeah. She is said to move guest stuff around, whisper in their ears on the elevator, and many guests have reported finding a pearl under the pillow, which comes from the necklace that she was wearing when she died. Well, that's a very luxurious gift. I to know. Leave behind. Give me a pearl. Her suite was split into three rooms. So she had a oh. big, big suite. Yeah, she did, and she can she can roam three different areas. Exactly. Her room numbers are 502, 503, and 504, though much of the activity is reported in 502. 504 is the official Lady in Red suite. Speaking of, they have three special suites. I didn't write it down. One suite, obviously Lady in Red. Then there's the wagon suite that the bed looks like an old wagon. (laughs) That's cool. And then there's the junior suite, which I did not read into to find anything out about that one. Maybe it's the lady in red's kid. (laughs) Funny enough, we will discuss a kid, but nowhere said anything about her having a kid. So, okay. Yeah. I did do some extra looking though at their rooms and prices and the lady in red suite looks the most expensive but for some random day i had picked the prices really weren't that bad like i'm pretty sure i've stayed in a best western more expensive than her suite (laughs) oh wow yeah They also offer different packages, too. So, like, there's a basic one, but then there's, like, bed and breakfast, the romance package, and the... I love the romance packages. Wait. There's also a deluxe romance package. Ooh, what does that include? What's the difference? Uh, I think, like, a steak dinner. Um... Always deluxe, then. Yeah. For me, please. So, I don't mention it, but the Kleins that bought the hotel, they have, like, a winery. And, oh. Uh, they actually, I think, opened a brewery not too long ago in Tonopa and everything, too. So, they make, like, a lady in red wine, and they give you some fancy glasses with the hotel's logo and some coasters and some chocolate and a steak dinner on the big one. Wow, they're really trying to bring in people. Yeah, I was like, Matt, let's get the deluxe romance package. I want a steak. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, The hotel also offers different events throughout the year. My favorite were the monthly star parties between May and 
October, where they host a party at the Tanopa Stargazing Park, and they bring telescopes, binoculars, and iPads with stargazing apps. I thought it was really cool of them to provide those things. We need to go. Tanopa is voted number one stargazing destination in the U.S. by USA Today. Let's go. Yeah. I'm so down for that. Me freaking too. And the, I saw a picture of one of the telescopes. Not that I know anything about telescopes, but it was big. <laughs> it was big. <laughs> also, they have different nights. So they'll do like full moon nights where you're looking at the moon. Or I guess it's not full moon nights. They do crescent moons and all that too. But I guess they have moon nights and no moon nights is what I mean. So that you can either like look at the moon or look at all the stars. So pretty cool stuff. Yeah, that sounds really fun. Not an ad for them, but it does sound like a really fun time. I was say you got me wanting to go though. <laughs> the hotel owners and staff love their ghosts so much that they have a guest book at the front desk for people to write down their experiences and They like to mess around with their guests by dressing a mannequin up as the lady in red and leaving her in various rooms. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's terrifying. (laughs) I thought it was kind of funny. So, I decided that I was going to watch my very first Ghost Adventures episode for the podcast. (laughs) Yay! Not my first ghost adventures episode ever because i did accidentally watch one or two way back when and decided never again when i was younger for some reason i liked to watch them i think when i was older though i realized well i don't know it just seems (laughs) like uh it's a show yeah 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 no i've never been impressed i've i remember like i saw like one and a half episodes or something and I was like these people are full of shit (laughs) (laughs) so I watched season six episode two where the three amigos stop by the hotel in 2011 it looks like it was around this time that the Kleins had begun their renovations now Before their investigation, they talk about the history of the town and the hotel. They mention the fire in the mine that killed 17 people. And they talked to the caretaker, Sandy Harmon, about the two miners that had died in the tunnels under the hotel. He claims that a local mining company had been having financial troubles and had a courier bring in cash from their backers to cover payroll. The courier had left the cash in the hotel's vault, and the next morning when the vault was opened, the money was gone, and there was a huge hole found in the bottom. In the bottom? Yes. So the vault has like 18-inch thick concrete walls, but a dirt floor. Oh, okay. Yeah. And in a town where there's like 500 and something miles of uh, tunnels running underneath it and a whole bunch of miners with a bunch of equipment, that seems kind of (laughs) dumb. That really does seem very dumb. Yeah. So it was obviously thought that the miners, the two miners that they had found 
blew a hole through the floor or just like dug their way through. When they were found, the money was gone, just like every other story I'd heard about it. They then showed a member of the Vegas Valley Paranormal Society explaining an EVP that he had captured where he asked who had killed them and a voice responded back with the name Jacob. They played the audio. You bad. Very bad. They played the audio, but I couldn't hear it. I like to look away when they play the audio so I can see what I hear and not be influenced by other subtitles. But it just sounded like... Mormon always tells me that. Yeah. It was just kind of like, close your eyes. So, whatever floats their boat, I guess. Nick, one of the three amigos, said that before he had even met Zach and Aaron... He had taken a trip to Tonopah and sat in the parking lot staring at the Mitzpah Hotel. For what? I don't He didn't really explain. He didn't say, like, he had heard it was haunted or anything. He just said he sat there staring at it. <laughs> okay. But he did say he saw, quote, a blue ball of energy floating from room to room. Or maybe... But it wasn't recorded, so it wasn't a bug. (laughs) Okay. Zach talked to a lady walking around the streets with some kids. (laughs) She said that she had worked at the hotel as a waitress before it had closed. She said the lady in red was known to play with the Kino machine, which is some sort of gambling machine. I'm not really savvy in the vice. Me either. A funny thing that her kids had mentioned was that the story of Key Pittman dying in the mitzvah was what they were taught in school. So, it's a great example of schools not really telling the truth and just what they want to tell. (laughs) Before the investigation, Zach and the others went to a mine shaft and started making a mockery of mining accidents. It was ridiculous and annoying They acted like the mine was caving in on them. Ha ha, super funny. Not upsetting at all for people who have actually lost people in mining accidents. Right. Anyway, now on to their investigation. Right off the bat, Zach is talking to the lady in red. He's asking her what her name was. And then Aaron hears, I didn't mean. When they play it back on Zach's audio, it isn't there. But when they play the audio from Aaron's camera, it is supposedly there. I couldn't really hear it. I was going to say, did you not hear it? I mean, I heard something, but it didn't sound like I didn't mean. It just kind of sound like something. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't convincing to me. When they split up, Zach says he sees someone in a room. He goes in there chasing after them, but there is no one. He supposedly catches an EVP that says, what the heck, damn it. I did not hear it, though. That sounds like the most me thing. (laughs) Except for I would have been like, what the fuck, damn it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) In the basement, an unmanned camera catches an EVP. I did kind of hear this one. It sounded like got work to do, which they attributed to the miners breaking into the vault. Um, My, just like something in the 
back of my mind says that since I could actually hear this one, it just meant that one of them were by the camcorder whispering at it. <laughs> You're like, so not legit. But that's just the, you know, skeptic in me. I wouldn't know. I wasn't actually there. While Aaron is in the basement, the elevator doors keep opening and shutting. I agree. That's a bit creepy. That is creepy. But they kept mentioning how the elevator was broke. And I'm pretty sure an elevator can uh, be broken without the doors actually not being able to open, you know? Like, it can be broken in the sense that it can't go up and down. <laughs> right. So, once again, I'm just not convinced that there wasn't someone off camera pushing the buttons to open and close the door. Then... Zach is really annoying again, and in some random hallway, he finds two two-by-fours and leans them against each other to make, like, an upside-down V. He had placed the camera on the floor to set them up, and as he's picking the camera up, he flips it all around and faces himself and takes extra time, and at that exact moment is when the boards fall. He freaks. He ends up setting the camera back down, going and making the V again, and then he jumps all around the V, saying that nothing can knock them down. Then the camera cuts to him picking up the camera, and they fall back down, this time in full view. However, I'm still not buying it. When the camera was cut, he could have just shifted them a bit so they would slowly fall over. Why was he messing with them? I don't know, because he was trying to get a ghost to knock them down. Interesting. Yeah, the last thing I really took notes about was they pulled out the spirit box and it said evil. That was it. I knew it was going to be annoying. But I thought I'd at least give them another shot. <laughs> I mean, honestly, when I last watched them for the Isla de Munichus episode, I didn't mm. think that one was too bad. But yeah, some of their episodes are very hard to handle, especially where he antagonizes, you know. No, luckily he wasn't stuff. really doing any of that. It's That's just, great. There isn't a single part of me that doesn't think that they're just setting up tricks. It's just too gimmicky, you know? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Also, I just feel like, you know, they cut the visuals a little too often mm-hmm. or just, oh, the camera was pointed over here when that button was pushed, you know? Like, yep. Eh. After that failure, I went to find another investigation. I found one by the haunted side on YouTube. Never heard of that. Me either. They did this investigation two years ago, and it largely took place in the basement. Within the first few minutes, the girl operating the camera mentions an orb, and I'm instantly regretting watching this video. It was obviously dust. There isn't really much to say about the investigation. Maybe things were like really crazy 
for them that you can't really tell on camera Mm -hmm. or maybe their nerves were just on edge it just seemed like the guy was jumping at every little thing seeing shadows and thinking they were apparitions i did want to note one thing that happened he pulled out an ovulus and it said find baby then the guy threw out the story that i cannot find anywhere else about how the lady in red was pregnant but then he changed it to she had had the baby and her murderer had thrown it down a mine shaft wow yeah brutal (laughs) uh the very last thing on the video was he had set up a camera in room 502 uh and then caught the phone being ripped out of the cradle i am sure everyone knows by now that i don't believe in those types of things when i see them in videos because it's too easy to fake also how cliche like we haven't seen a phone pulled out of a cradle a million times I so would have been like, oh, my God. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, no bullshit. (laughs) It was so fake. Like, it was ripped out of there. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I am very sorry to the creators of that video for my disbelief in their video. I'm just very particular, very negative, and quite a skeptic. (laughs) I'm very particular and I'm very negative. (laughs) It's just who I am. This is why I don't watch investigations often. (laughs) You're never going to guess what the haunted rating was for this place on hauntedplaces.org. But try anyway. Go ahead, guess. I'm never going to guess? No. Um... 100%. No. (laughs) uh one more guess then one more i'm going with 15 percent. damn no 90 percent uh <laughs> i've lost count on all the different haunted ratings we had but i feel like this one's pretty high that is pretty high i feel like yeah one of the comments on hauntedplaces.org said it was by b lions saying staying in this room 510 right now The closet door opened by itself and the dresser drawer opened about eight inches. I pushed it closed and it slid open again. Creepy. (laughs) I was waiting for there to be more. No, no, that was it. (laughs) All right. And their name was Be Lying? Be Lions, like L-Y-O-N-S. Oh, Oh, okay. I was like, (laughs) so they be lying about the dresser drawer? I mean, they could be. They might be trying to be clever there. I don't know. That seemed pretty, like, to the point and, like, no games. Yeah. Like, like it opened and it shut. This happened. I'm not telling you why it happened or how it happened or my thoughts on which thing did it. <laughs> no context. Just it did. Yep. If you go to TripAdvisor, someone has asked, well, what is the most haunted room where there is most activity at the Mitzpah Hotel? And there are 15 responses. They range from an, an, an ex-employee saying everywhere is haunted to many people saying just the fifth floor. One person, Buckeye Rover, said, sorry, can't help you here. 
We were on the third floor and our dog didn't notice a thing. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Like, <laughs> oh, the dog knows. The hotel oh. is pet friendly, by the way. Oh, what a bonus. Yeah. However, YMV Andy 73 said, I stayed in room 205 with my nine pound dog. She woke up around 3 a.m., startled, and was looking back as if someone was trying to pet her. She jumped off the bed and proceeded to avoid this person for five minutes. I also (laughs) felt a light touch on my ankle around midnight, but dismissed it as nothing. The next morning, I noticed a thumb-sized bruise on my left arm as well as a smaller one as if someone had pinched me. Uh, I mean, that is actually really creepy. But then thinking about this little tiny dog (laughs) just running around the room. And the person just being like, oh, you're trying to avoid somebody (laughs) instead of being like, this dog's neurotic. (laughs) I could just see it now. Cecil just running around the room and me being like, what the hell? (laughs) Yeah, like if it were my dog, I guess I'd just be like, dog's death. I'd like, be like, weird. is something stuck in your butt? <laughs> Do you need to poop? <laughs> then the last one I wanted to mention was posted by Jason W. And they said, I stayed there one night on business this last week. I was given a room on the third floor. In the elevator, the button for the fifth floor was always lit up. When I asked about it at the front desk, they claimed it was not intentional and it is something that just happens. The more disturbing experience I had was when I went to bed, the hotel phone rang. The hotel phone in my room rang around 10:30 p.m. and like a dummy, I answered it. Uh-oh. After a short period of silence, I then heard a woman's voice say in a creepy tone, "I see you." Oh. <laughs> Ew, for coming from your <laughs> raccoon face. That was freaky. <laughs> Dope. I then hung up. Needless to say, I didn't sleep too well that night. I assumed it was something that the hotel does at random to reinforce the haunted hotel mystique of the place. But regardless, it was creepy. You know what it reminds me? It reminds me of uh, the Mothman prophecy. Is that what the movie's called? I don't know. You're the one that watched it. You've never seen that movie? Nope. Oh. Well, he's in the hotel and the phone keeps ringing and it's injured cold and he's saying like all this weird stuff over the phone. Hmm. Okay. It just reminds me of like some creepy person calling you in the hotel. I mean, yeah. I can, I, I, that is what happened. He did say it was a a creepy one. (laughs) It's the lady in red. Yes. Lady in red. But his comment brings me to something I find odd about these most haunted locations, mostly the mitzvah and the crescent, but you can throw the Stanley in there as well. Why is it? That when these hotels are flopping around like a dying fish, they get a brand new owner that brings them back to life. And just so happens that word gets around about how haunted the hotels are right around the time the hotel's reopening. Especially 
this one, they literally had Ghost Adventures release their episode at the same time the hotel was reopening. Coincidence? Probably not. Publicity. Yeah. Yeah. Which is my answer to your question earlier about why putting $4 million into it didn't revive it, but these people miraculously did with some paint. I mean, can't say that I wouldn't go to. No, I mean, I would go. It just looks like an awesome place in general. Like, they have a lot of the old furniture and decorations, and the windows are still really pretty, and it just looks like a really fun place. But I would not go out of my way to go there. Like, yeah, for the paranormal. Yeah, I would. If it wasn't for the paranormal, I would just be like, oh, that's a really pretty hotel. But then there is uh-huh. the paranormal aspect. And then I'm like, mm, maybe. So one more thing I have to mention. Matt and I were doing what couples these days do. We were laying in bed, staring at TikTok together. When we came across <laughs> a video of a haunted clown motel. We joked about how cheesy it looked and just kind of laughed it off. Then when I was doing research for this one, he was being dumb and asked if I was doing the clown motel. Obviously not. But then here I am doing my research and I find an article by the U.S. Ghost Adventures that mentions the haunted clown motel. Ooh. The hotel. I've used them as a source before. The hotel is supposed to be super scary because of the clown decor. Lots of, Uh you know, it around. And it's right next to the Tonopah Cemetery. So same freaking town. Wow. The Tonopah Cemetery is also mentioned in other articles about the Mitzpah Hotel. So like... Are they right across the street from each other? Pretty much. Oh my goodness. Is everyone's life filled with these weird coincidences or is it just me? I've heard of that clown motel or that clown hotel, whichever one it is. And I had no idea that it was in Tonopa. Me either. Or that there was another hotel in Tonopa. He was like coming in here while I was recording was like, or while I was researching. And he was like, so are you going to do the clown motel? And I was like, no and he was like where is it i was like i don't know but i think it's somewhere different (laughs) wrong (laughs) wrong very wrong okay so that's enough for this episode what do you think i'm going with a three and a half i didn't ask you for your rating Oh, why are you always jumping ahead to the rating? I just want to know what you think of it. What I think of it, <laughs> I think it sounds like every haunted hotel <laughs> with minors. <laughs> yep, they're young was- and old. Yeah, there were the kids in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, would like to stay there to see for myself. I just find it a little fishy that. It, you know, started to thrive when their haunted talk came out. You know, like, can't hotels advertise something else? 
to get popular. I mean, there's nothing cooler than something being haunted, though. <laughs> In my opinion. Well, all right, fine. What is your weird shitometer rating? A three? 3.5. 3.5. Mm-hmm. I like the bank story. Oh, yeah, the miners robbing the hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That gives it the 0.5. But Lady in Red called it. The Miners, though, that is really sad. And if it's anywhere near that hotel or if they stayed at that hotel, I could see them, you know, being there. True. I am putting it at a four. Pretty much same idea. It's not too weird, but it's also not the most boring. I like hmm. how they really, really are trying to hold on to key Pittman as their as one of their selling points. Like, I think their second dining room or something, or their little cafe is named the Pittman Cafe or something like that. So, like, mm-hmm. they're really trying to hold on to it. Oh yeah, and then you got to take into account Jack Dempsey, yeah, which is really cool. That is and good. Wyatt Earp, oh, yeah, Wyatt Earp, the coolest. He probably was the most boring guy in the whole world and all these stories got made up about him. <laughs> probably, but who knows? Well, well, what do you guys think? Tell us if you've been there. Were you involved in covering up Senator Pittman's death? Do you have a rebuttal for my disbelief in the ghost adventures? <laughs> Let us know, please. And while you're at it, don't forget to tell us about your weird shit. Like the time your ex-boyfriend and his new wife came into town to track down a giant monster in the sewers so they could find its giant nest of eggs. But you kill it and make more work for them. Then, when they finally do track down the eggs, you find out your sort of boyfriend isn't as changed and amazing as you thought and was actually selling the monster eggs on the black market or tell us about the time you were visiting a new town in the midwest where everyone communicates telepathically and of course there was that time that you saw an alien eating cheetos waiting for the bus Well, you can tell us that at thisislegendpod.com, which is our website. We have a handy-dandy form. Or you can email it to us directly at thisislegendpod at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at thisislegendpod. Keep it spooky, classy, and sassy. But most of all, keep it legendary. Bye. Peace out.